Hello again. Before the show starts, I wanted to take a moment to shout out my Buy Me A Coffee sponsors for this month. First, there's Raj, at It's All Retro on Instagram. On his Insta profile, he features various books from Goosebumps to Point Horror, with some throwbacks to movies and TV from the 1980s and 90s. You should definitely check it out, at It's All Retro on Instagram. Next, we have Don't Call It All author Robbie Miles. Robbie is a dear friend, and his debut middle-grade horror novel is receiving rave reviews. You can find Don't Call It All on Amazon, or follow Robbie on Twitter or Instagram at RobbieMiles1445 to find out more. I want to thank them both for their support. If you want more information or wish to connect, their info is included in the show notes. If you'd like to sponsor the show, you can find me at buymeacoffee.com slash DustinCanRead. And if you like what you hear, please consider leaving me a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or wherever you listen to the show. And now, on to Dustin Can Read! I, I got back from walking my dog, and I wanted to shower before this. So I, was a little bit late, so. <laughs> I know, I know. I, we did like three miles, so I was just like, okay. Oh, okay, I get you. You just want to be all... I need to shower. If I'm not feeling good, I'm not going to talk. Like, <laughs> so. I heard you. <laughs> Look good, feel good, talk good. Yeah. There you are. Exactly. Hello, my name is Brucker. And I'm Nate. And today we will be sitting down with Dustin to talk about the upcoming Amazon adaptation of Lois Duncan's novel, I Know What You Did Last Summer. Coming up after Dustin's theme. Sha sha sha. So you have a long to be read list and you don't know how to proceed. Just give yourself a break, my friend, cause Dustin can read. Dustin can read. Welcome to Dustin Can Read. I'm joined today by my good friends Brucker and Nate. Can you believe it's been about a year since we first met online, guys? Ugh, one of yeah. the best. It was one of the best perks of COVID, you know, for me. It was one of the best perks of meeting all you guys and just, you know, becoming, you know, internet friends and whatnot. And it was just, you know, the online friendships. I loved it. I actually started listening to you because of uh, Film on the Rocks, which Nate later co-hosted. <laughs> um, yeah. At first, I thought he was part of this episode. And then I got schooled by Brooker and behind the read <laughs> that it wasn't Nate. Uh, but I... I uh, listened. My first episode of Film of the Rocks was I Know What You Did Last Summer. And I learned some things from that, especially like the behind the th scenes thing where the uh, the what are you waiting for scene um, mm -hmm. with the kid director and whatnot that I had no idea about, which, you know, hey, you learn something new every day. I know a lot of things, but you know, I don't know everything. So the um, IMDb trivia page, man, it's crazy. And also YouTube videos with, with the cast. But yeah, that's a you never know. We're going to finally start doing research on these movies. I know, you know, and I usually pick up stuff like that, but I just didn't. I don't know why. So, Nate, um, I just found out from you that you just watched the original movie for the first time the other night. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited to hear what you say about it. But I'll, let's get into the book first and we'll go back to the movie in a little bit. Yeah. OK, I'll, I have some thoughts, but we'll, we'll save those. I'm yeah, good. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad well. you do. Because <laughs> both are fresh on your mind. So that's perfect. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, so just so you know that. Uh, Brucker hosts uh, Autopsy of a Horror Movie, in case you didn't listen to Behind the Read or any previous episodes he was on. And it's where he dives into the horror genre, different types of horror movies, does kill grades. He actually even does commentary on some of them and commentary on some TV shows like Creep Show and upcoming Scream the TV series. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and Dustin's been on one of those episodes too, or actually a few episodes. Dustin's been on a bunch of bunch of. Episodes. I think I've been on three now. We did like a yeah. lot in a row, actually. Yeah, yeah, um, we did. <laughs> <laughs> but which actually ties into this because the screenwriter for I Know What You Did last summer was Kevin Williamson, who also wrote pretty much all the Scream movies so far, except for the third one mm-hmm. um, and the upcoming one, um, Scream Five slash Reboot Scream. And um, I was actually going to ask you guys. Are you guys going to still do this Blue Milk Drop podcast? So this is, uh, that's that's a later end of the year type of project. It's like a YouTube channel podcast thing. More in like December, closer to December, because that's when I think the majority of the Disney Star Wars content is going to be coming out. So oh, it was okay. more of like not wanting to speculate all summer. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree yeah, because yeah, I know like waiting in between the movies, it's just... Go, you go absolutely insane waiting for things that you're talking about constantly. So it was really more for uh, for my personal mental health. Just go ahead. Well, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're waiting for more content to come out to react to because we don't want to be like six months after facts. Like, man, Mandalorian season two, that was crazy, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, but still, I mean, everything people watch stuff out of sequence now anyways, you know, because of streaming and whatnot. But mm-hmm. and yeah, I see what you're saying. You kind of want more content to fall back on or to refer to and, to, you know, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. can actually kind of flip flop between different types of episodes about the movies or new TV shows, yeah. and cartoon series and all that stuff. So exactly. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good idea. But yeah, look forward for that in later 2021, guys. Blue Milk Drop podcast. Look for it. Yeah. Or <laughs> is it going to be a podcast or YouTube? Both. 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 Okay. <laughs> Wherever yeah. you get your content streaming stuff, you'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So let's go into this Amazon TV adaptation when it was announced. Um, yeah. There was a deadline article in October of 2020. And I'll give you a quote from that. Written by Sarah Goodman of Preacher, based on the 1973 novel by Lois Duncan, the I Know What You Did Last Summer series has the same premise as the movie adaptation. In a town full of secrets, a group of teenagers are stalked by a mysterious killer a year after a fatal accident on their graduation night. Which is a little different from the first one. Mm -hmm. Per Wikipedia, it seems the project started in 2019, um, and they actually started filming this year. Uh, which Shay Hatton originally writing this, wrote the script and later was replaced by Sarah Goodman to write the script. Um, it seems really cool. Like, I, I am looking forward to it, but I think they're probably going to use a little more elements from the book. I would think they would. Mm-hmm. Um, just because there's so much stuff they can use and it would be stupid not to, I, in my opinion. Right. And mm-hmm. I personally think that this might be like a better... I don't know, source material to translate into a TV series as opposed to like a movie, in my opinion. Um, but I'm really I'm excited for the for the TV series because I love I love like a series that like has some sort of like mystery whodunit element in each episode. You get like a tiny bit more clues and breadcrumbs. So mm-hmm. I, I really think that this is something that would translate well into a TV series. But yeah, yeah. I just want to say I'm excited yeah. for that, especially with James and, Wan and it, producing, I think. Yeah. So I yes. think this will be really good. Yeah, and I think this this book would really benefit from sort of some sort of like character development, like add some depth to the characters a little bit more. Uh, oh yeah, definitely. Uh, just because I, yeah, I, I guess I'll, I'll save my my thoughts for that. But I, this very much so needs like deep character development, some sort of <laughs> attachment. Oh yeah, <laughs> attachment I got some thoughts about the writing of this book too. Is it's, it's, it's okay? Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm like, huh? What? You know? Yeah. <laughs> 
So I'm going to read uh, one of the back of the book descriptions. There's several covers of this book, but I'm going to read the one that has kind of like, I thought, one of the best descriptions that wasn't too involved. Courtesy of Jeffrey Canino, who is a rare book collector extraordinaire on Instagram. This isn't the first edition, like I said, but it's one of the earlier ones. They thought it was over. Last summer, four terrified friends made a desperate pact to conceal a shocking secret. But now someone has learned the truth. The horror is starting again. There is an unknown Avenger out there who is stalking them in a deadly game. Will he stop at terror or is he out for revenge? Ooh. Spooky. Which actually, you know, it's kind of, it kind of describes the movie and the book. So, I mean, it's it's kind of vague. I'm going to go into my book plot synopsis. So this is going to be pretty much the entire book. Yeah, I'm going to give you the whole book that way because people haven't read it and some people just won't. <laughs> so right, if yeah. you haven't read it and you it's, want to skip over this part. <laughs> yeah, because it's it, I mean, it's yeah, okay, I guess we'll talk about it when we start comparing it to the movie, but it's not verbatim the movie. <laughs> no, <laughs> or the no, movie not. is not verbatim this book. Sorry. One day, Julie James comes home to find two letters waiting for her. The first is an acceptance letter to an Ivy League university. The second is simply a card that says, I know what you did last summer. No return address or signature. Julie, who used to be a happy-go-lucky cheerleader, dove into her studies her senior year just so she can get into a good school and get out of her tiny New Mexico town. Upon receiving the letter, she immediately contacts her old friend, Helen Rivers, a beautiful blonde high school dropout who is the, quote, golden girl for the local news. She basically does some weather, some DJing, and some on-site self, you know, some promotions. Helen immediately calls her boyfriend, Barry Cox, and the three meet to discuss the letter. Ever annoyed and angry, Barry convinces them to let it go, that it's just a prank by a local kid. The girls reluctantly agree, though Julie still isn't convinced. Looking back on last July, we discover that Julie, Helen, Barry, and Julie's ex-boyfriend, Ray, were driving home from a late-night party in the mountains. Barry, who was high and drunk, was driving Ray's car too fast around the corners, and suddenly they hit a little boy on a bicycle. They literally run him over. But Barry doesn't stop, even when pressed by the others. Instead, they drive to a phone booth and call for help. Julie and Ray want to go back, but Barry bullies them into a pact of secrecy, stating that they, they couldn't help him out anyway and the ambulance is on its way. He doesn't want to get into trouble since, at the time, he was the only 18-year-old adult. He was intoxicated, and, well, he's a shithead. Ten-year-old David Gregg is picked up by the ambulance but dies before they reach the hospital. The group splits. Only Barry and Helen stay together because Barry considers Helen loyal for sticking up for him, and Ray left town. Julie feels so guilty that she anonymously sends yellow roses to David Gregg's funeral. Now, Julie is dating a Vietnam War vet, Bud, but he's too serious, and she secretly still pines for Ray, who's back in town after a long sabbatical on that California coast. Meanwhile, Barry keeps tossing around the idea of ending it with Helen. He only started dating her to irk his mom, but now he's tired of her and thinks of her as less than him. She grew up in a sort of a white trash home, it seems. Helen starts flirting with a new neighbor, Collingsworth, quote, Collie Wilson. Later, Barry gets shot and nearly paralyzed. His ego's bruised, he's bitter, and doesn't share much-needed information about what's going on, leading to Helen's near demise at the hands of Collie, 
who is revealed to be David Gregg's older half-brother. Then we, the readers, learn that Bud, Julie's new boyfriend, is also Collie. After he failed to kill Helen, he goes to Julie's for their date, but when Julie cancels on him, he attempts to choke her out until Ray hits him over the head with a flashlight. <clears throat> the police arrive, and the kids decide to finally tell them what happened last summer. So, I read two books recently that had a similar setup to this. April Fools by Richie Tankersley Cusick and Chain Letter by Christopher Pike, which has similar, they both have similar setups. There's some kind of car accident and somebody's out for revenge. That's basically the setup for these. So if you're interested in this type of story and to see where somebody else could take it into a different direction, definitely check those out. April Fools by Richie Tankersley Cusick and Chain Letter by Christopher Pike. Now let's talk about this plot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the book uh, plot. Yes, uh, I want to quickly say that I think that um, so this book actually got like an like a update in like 2010, I think. Mm -hmm. I think that's okay. the version Nate and I read. It doesn't yeah. change the plot; it just changes like certain elements. Like instead of the Vietnam War, he was coming back from the Iraq War, and there's like cell phones, but like the plot is virtually the same, um, okay. which was interesting. I thought that they went ahead and kind of you know, modernize it a little bit for... Yeah, they've uh, done that a lot lately, especially with other books, but YA books like uh, Babysitter's Club and Sweet Valley mm -hmm. High and stuff. They give them computers and phones and whatnot. It's kind of... I don't know how that translates or if it's the same feeling at all, but mm -hmm. I definitely read the old school book, which actually it was the From exact the same... Yeah, it's the exact same as the one that came out when as the movie promo <laughs> book as you know, mm -hmm. the one that came out with the movie. It's the same. I don't think they changed anything because everything was the same in that. But yeah, it's it definitely gave you a different feel. It's a different era, you know, and how everybody had to go over to somebody's house to talk to them or try to reach them on the phone or the line was busy, you know, and it's it's interesting because <laughs> people don't do that anymore. And it's, you know, I'll just shoot her a text, you know, that's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. If people don't know what to do, they can't get in contact with anyone anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was really interesting. And I love the mystery element of this compared to the movie. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot more to it, I find. But um, you know what? Let's just go ahead and discuss the character differences. So Barry and Helen, to me, are pretty much the same as they're represented in the movie. Like the characters are pretty much dead on the same, I think. I think maybe... Yeah. Barry might be a little angrier. Helen might be a little dumber, but for the most part, they're pretty much the same, especially their look and everything. Yeah. I would say like Barry is the most consistent uh, between the book and the movie. Um, and also just his character is like very consistent throughout both plot lines. Um, you know, very angry, very bitter, aggro, testosterone juiced dude, you know, um, <laughs> Uh, it, I was really, I, I found it really interesting though. Cause like Helen, she's kind of the same, but her, like, I guess like resume is kind of different because, you know, she's a high school dropout in the book yeah. and she's kind of like this local, like news celebrity she's kind like of hero. Yeah. yeah. And like in, in the movie, she's just like this pretty teenage girl Beauty that keeps winning pageants. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's, I don't know. It was, it was, it was kind of. I, I, like those are like similar and different at the same time, but I was like, oh, that's this is like a very different. Uh, to me, it felt like a very different Helen. Um, I don't know, it just like with a little bit being a little bit more ditzy, kind of. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. And on to Ray, which is the Freddie Prince Jr. character in the movie. 
um, in the book, way different description. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's short. He has green eyes. He has a shaggy beard. He is no Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> Mm-mm. They love mentioning no. that beard in this book. They kept they brought that up a bunch. <laughs> I pictured like a typical hippie type that you know, like the typical Vietnam War vet, you know, that came oh, back. That's and a good point. Lieutenant Dan type, you know, with all the beard. You know, <laughs> obviously he has legs, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, that's what you pictured for Ray in the book? Yeah, that's what I figured. You know, like he's going to oh, look wow. something like that, except he's standing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. See, I, I pictured uh, Barry is more of the Freddie Prince Jr. type. And I, I actually had texted Brucker about this before. Um, and that was like my guess because I had never seen the movie. But I think you both benefited from like actually reading the text and you could use your own imagination because I actually thought Barry wasn't super unlikable in the sense that the way he was portrayed in the audiobook that I was listening to, he was very much so like not aggro. And it was more of like he was more of like a womanizer in that sense Mm, more douchey and not angry yeah exactly and it was more of like i've got a lot to lose uh type of thing um versus i just i'm pissed off at the world um (laughs) (laughs) and then ray kind of struck me i think because i was balancing like the good looks of freddie prince jr i was picturing more of like a like a early handsome short walker like a paul walker for (laughs) for ray for some reason just because of the whole like he was kind of like a heartthrob at the end the way he was uh speaking to julie and like you know it was always you and that's just kind of what i pictured in my head i don't think i even realized that there was like a beard involved at some point I think I just, <laughs> and then vin I just diesel that pulls up and says get in with family <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's <a> corona <laughs> uh, i can see that though about- paul walker type i can totally see that yeah, while we're talking about characters, I do want to say I found it interesting that there were a little bit more inclusion of the parents in the book because the parents are virtually absent. They get their whole the chapter. Movie. Yeah, and especially I think it was Barry's parents that we got to have like that really kind of like, I don't know, shitty conversation that they were having about his dad being like, I don't care if he's paralyzed. We're still like, he's not going to be a, a lazy bum. We're still going like, to kick him out on his feet, uh, you know. you know if he gets out of here or whatever like he still needs to figure out like how to survive in this and to me it like provided way more context to like why barry is probably such like an angry person yeah Um, he's got conflicting parents as well like he's got both of their personality traits combined into one body no wonder he's so you know all the time yeah like i don't know i just felt like he was like the only character that we really got like like being fleshed out or like we kind of get why he is the way he is sort of uh, where like the, like kind of like Nate's criticism at the beginning of this talk was, yeah, I didn't feel like a whole lot of character development or anything like that. I, f- I don't know why I just always felt like Barry was the one that was the most established, I guess. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. Especially since you get more of his backstory, you see the other parents mm-hmm. and you see how, okay, well I can see why they've done certain things, you know, mm-hmm. but it's not like their personality types were matching as much if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. except for like Helen's yeah. parents are like just coddled the crap out of her like oh she's beautiful she'll get on her way and then treated the sister <laughs> Elsa Elsa was yes. also the Elsa. same Elsa is terrible Elsa was both. such a butthole though <laughs> like, Elsa's different description as far as the way she looks Elsa's you know in the in the book you know in the movie she's Bridget Wilson like she's just gorgeous blonde mm-hmm. you know and in the book she's described as a bitter pudgy sister you know who's also older but she's just like you know she's you know, a little on the heavier side and she's not as mm-hmm. quote beautiful, you know, as her sister, her younger sister is. So you kind of go, 
Yeah, I can actually see why, you know, they, I could see the sister being more bitter in the book more than I can see Bridget Wilson being bitter because she could have gone places. She was, she could have been a model. <laughs> True. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, it's kind of like in, in like the Rivers family, which I don't know why they changed it to Shivers in the movie. Uh, either last name is fine. I don't know why we had to change it that much, but uh, the, I the, the well, I was going to say, oh, uh, Elsa, it's kind of like in like the, the Rivers family, there's like this real theme of being like very vain, like vanity is like their sort of vice kind of. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, I don't know, to me, like, yeah, like Elsa is jealous of like the treatment that Helen gets. But I also was kind of feeling like that she was also like wishing that, you know, she was pretty and thin and everything like her sister. And I don't know, it's kind of, I was getting like this theme of like in that family, like being like super official and just, you know, just vanity just kind of like plaguing that family a little bit it almost feels like maybe the side characters got more character development than the actual main characters did that absolutely mm-hmm. that's actually like a note i had i was like i feel like i know the side characters better than like uh ray and julie <laughs> do y'all feel like you got equal representation of the four main characters in this book oh no it no. definitely no. focused more on julie and barry in my opinion and then it was mm-hmm. helen yeah. third and then ray barely yeah okay yeah which if you think about the book and the movie ray barely gets touched on as much in you know both so that kind of equaled out in that regard but i I feel like in the movie it it, they benefit from that because they're they're trying to make ray a like um because like like not having ray as much in it because they're trying to make make ray like a red herring a suspect of some sort yeah yeah and i and i yeah i don't think that they were at least i wasn't getting that feeling from the book that they were there were like too many red herrings in my opinion, besides like Megan, uh, Greg, uh, was, I don't know. I was kind of getting some like, oh, this person. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Megan, yeah. David's half sister, the, the kid's yes. half sister, which is so soap opery. I love, <laughs> I love the, the, the <laughs> twist of like the half brother. That was a war veteran. <laughs> that's here I know. To I'm like, what? like, why are we putting all this half brother? Into- why did we need all that? We didn't need that. It was so that. unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> I will. Okay. I will say though. I liked that. I personally, I like that twist better than, the the fisherman twist in in the movie in my opinion i like i like the i like the twist in in the book more it makes but... sense and you kind of want to wonder mm-hmm. if megan's in on it because she seems innocent but is she yeah she doesn't mention that the brother's home oh that's a good point dustin yeah yeah i i don't know and i, I thought she was in on it i thought she was <laughs> in on it i don't know man well, she's, just, oh. she's like go ahead i'm sorry oh no i was just say you know you're probably right because i think i can't remember if it was ray I can't remember who, who said it in the book, but one of them like pointed out that he saw uh, Bud's shirts hanging like on the clotheslines when they went to Megan. It was Ray. It was Ray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like, oh shoot! And now with Dustin saying that, like Megan maybe could have like tipped tipped him off, saying like, hey, they came by today. Like it's it's definitely working, or you know something like that. Yeah, and but, especially uh, like the house that was being painted. And he's like, you know, he, she couldn't reach up that high on even on that ladder. So mm-hmm. somebody, and then he notices the paint on the back of Bud on back of his mm-hmm. hands and he's like oh my god and he realizes who it was he didn't think about it right away but he realizes oh my god duh and yeah I, yeah i kind of like that i love the twist of bud and uh collie or collinsworth being the same person uh, at one point i even made like a note that. are they the same person <laughs> <laughs> I, I i at no point thought that same but i i feel like that would be hard to portray in like the movie or the TV show of some sort, obviously, because you're seeing the characters, you know what I mean? Unless you only heard about Bud and never really saw him until 
later on. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, then the audience knows that, hey, this is the same person. Oh, my God, this has got to be the guy. When are they going to find out yeah. what's going to happen? You know, true. That does work better in a book. Yeah. But, you know, you know, um, which I, you know, I thought another thing what was really cool was well, not really cool, but different from the movies is obviously Julie James's description. She's this kind of busty redhead who was a cheerleader. And then she kind of gets sad and depressed, but, you know, excels in work and school and, you know, wants to get out of there, which, you know, that kind of part, the sad part, you know, and the, you know, stressed out part is right. But other than that, she is not Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> yeah, no, she's not. <laughs> uh, can it's OK if I point out some some things about the plot I would have wished that we gotten from from this? Uh, yeah, let's go ahead. Okay, so sorry if I'm derailing the conversation again, but uh, I I don't know. I guess my my biggest like sort of complaint or critique for this is that I wish that we got this this the book and the movie do a lot of telling, and I wish it did way more of showing. Like I really wish that we got a little bit more of like their sort of um, guilt setting, or, like description. Oh, yeah, like, like like seeing them be a little bit more feel guilty or you know grief or something just because. Maybe I don't like know, like time lamps of the, of the whole year, like as they kind of yeah. disintegrate as, as yeah, personalities like, go away. And I would have like appreciated like them going back to school and having to like deal with people and like, I don't know, just I, I feel like that. Yeah, the consequences, because I just I feel like that this story should be about grief, but it's really about revenge. And like I just feel like that we don't see too much of guilt in any of these characters like like Julie still gets to the point where she's getting accepted to Ivy League schools. I think it would have been better if we saw that her grades plummeted and she like wasn't able to get into these schools anymore. And she was just getting rejection letters instead of like where she lost the love for cheerleading and all that. Yeah, exactly. Like I wish that like, like that we took like all four of these characters and like did like different sort of like responses to guilt, like Julie being depressed. One of them, like Barry kind of like acting out and, you know, just being angry all the time. One of them being like a psychopath and just like not just not batting an eye. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. And like, I don't know, some other. That's kind of Helen, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that's kind of like Helen. <laughs> but I don't know. I wish that we got like a little bit more showing instead of telling, especially with how much exposition we get with uh, Kali at, at the end of this book. I know I felt like it kind of like it felt like that the author was like rushed to like finish this real quick. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Like but... what was going on with Ray in California? He just yeah. went up and down the coast. That's all we got. That's all we got. Yeah. He's up and down the coast. And then you're like, okay, what did you do? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. You didn't yeah. even get there told. Really, there really was no connection between like their ending personality and like how they got there in the beginning. Like, I 100% agree. One yeah. thing though, I really wish and I hope that shows up in the series as well um, is Julie's mom. The whole like premonition, the in- intuition stuff, I thought was kind of interesting. It was kind of goofy, but I was final like, destination in the last chapter. Yeah, I, I was, was like, like, wait, what? <laughs> like you knew about this stuff kind of all the whole time. Like, <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. I okay, so I, I I completely got that part part because my mom has this thing where she's like, she'll text us and be like, I got my red ear. Like her ear gets hot and what? it like turns red, and that's just like. And it's just so annoying that it always lines up with something that has happened that's gone wrong or something in like each of her kids' lives, my sister's lives, and myself. Oh my god! That it's just like it is a thing that she's just like her red ear is her third eye. (laughs) Yes, is your mom a superhero? Like what? What? Wait, 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 what? (laughs) 
I know it is the most annoying thing, and I love how it's guys, annoying. I, it's I, honestly, annoying to I thought you. it was. It's annoying because it, like, so the, the hit or miss ratio is probably at like twenty percent, but that twenty percent of hit is just enough for her to be to justify that it's a real thing and that she's just not paranoid. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, like golf. <laughs> I occasionally get a par and makes me come back next Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> I do believe that some of these things are real. You know what I mean? Like there's the intuition. I believe that stuff is real. Now, it may not be as on point <laughs> as that, but, <laughs> you know, so let me just tell the listeners. So in the in the book, uh, Julie's mom, and actually, like we said before, they all get this full chapter with all the parents. And there's like, a, you know, several pages to each parent or each family or whatever. And Julie's mom, um, you find out, has this awesome intuition. Like, for instance, she knew when Julie broke her arm at school when she was really young um, she knew the kitchen was on fire. So she called Julie, Hey, go home and check on the kitchen. And she did. And the kitchen's on fire. And luckily they saved it in time. And then you also find out, you know, I had this feeling that something happened about a year ago, but then Julie acted normal. So I must've been wrong. And I'm like, Oh, that was the one time you really should have paid attention. <laughs> Julie acted normal again. She should have been fucking depressed in her room, listening to grunge music. I don't know, like something. <laughs> I thought that was so like, oh, I like that. That's kind of an interesting thing. And I think it would be neat to have that as that separate character who doesn't say anything, but you just she just knows and you know that she mm -hmm. knows, but she doesn't understand what she knows kind of thing. I think that would be kind of neat if they added that in. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder how people would feel about that if they carry that into the show. Um, I can see some people loving. It. I see some people going, "What is this?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was looking for it in the movie. I was so disappointed. There was a lot of stuff in that movie where I was just like, "Where's this? Where's that?" But then at the same <laughs> like, time, there was a lot of stuff you can go, "Oh, I can see how we turn this into this," you know, kind yes, of thing. But exactly. Um, so let's talk about uh, <laughs> some of our the most notable quotes or parts that you liked in this, and I'll, I'll start. Um, I want to note that Lois Duncan's writing style, <laughs> some of the verbiage, I don't know if you said you guys get the more updated version. So it might've been corrected in your version. I'm not sure. But like when Barry talks about Helen's lavish apartment building, Lois Duncan wrote, he would have given his eye teeth to be able to live in a place like this. <laughs> Did you guys get that eye teeth? I don't know what the hell that is. I don't know what eye teeth is. I probably heard that and just like brushed it off. Oh, that makes sense. Eye teeth, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and another thing was at one point she wrote, she writes mum for the mother, not mom, mum. I'm like, this woman's from New Mexico. Is she not like, what is going on with this language? That was for the British audience. So that way they knew what she was talking about. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> a wink. That's like, remember I told you about my babysitter is a vampire. In the mm -hmm. first book, it's referred the mother is referred as mum. And then after that it's all mom. And then they didn't even change it on the reprints. <laughs> they just kept it as mum and then it goes back to mom and like what? And apparently the woman was American who was writing it. So I don't I don't get it. I it makes her it. sound cultured. Um by the way, <laughs> I, I just looked it up in eye teeth or eye tooth are your canines. So Oh. Yeah. Okay. So everybody, the more you know. But uh <laughs> The one quote that, and I'm sorry, I don't have this verbatim, that really stuck out to me and like it made me kind of like laugh was when Helen was like in her, I think in her bathroom or her bedroom and she's kind of looking for like, like a weapon and the book, the book just goes, oh, she's just like mocked by like all of like the feminine products in her, in her room, like a hairbrush and like some other stuff that like she can't like use to like fight off, uh, 
collie or whatever i don't know i just found that like really funny so she's being mocked by her feminine products that she's surrounded <laughs> by i was like that's that's really funny writing i don't damn know damn it that's tampons really won't help <laughs> <laughs> that's great i'll absorb um him. there was a wait sorry what were we gonna say <laughs> said i'll absorb him with this tampon absorb the blow <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and then she jumped out a window um so there was there was this there was like a recurring thing that was going on that was very distracting to me. And let me just preface that, this by saying that I am not like a drug user in any sense. <laughs> okay. But the use of the name Kali, Kali and Bud. So they're both like slang for weed, right? That makes and, sense. And oh. I was just like, this is super distracting. And I knew it was written in the 70s. So I'm like, maybe she was like a weed smoker. And like Lois Duncan, the writer. And <laughs> so I just like did a little digging into that. And I feel like she still had a little bit of that lingo stuck in her head from a previous book she had written in like 68. And it was about uh, like this kid that got up, got caught up in like a Mexican weed trafficking ring oh, or something. Oh my goodness. So I feel like she just got some terminology from that book and was like, I'm just going to sprinkle this into my next few books. And yeah, <laughs> all the things, all the she fun things I learned, like marijuana, cannabis, whatever with like evil and bad guy. I was about to say and that. So therefore she did, she named, it was she the source the of, yeah, yeah, it was the source of killing the child. So <laughs> that is true. They were, they were high too. And that's what happened. They were high. Oh, it's an anti-drug oh. book guys. This oh is... my God. She was sponsored by dare. <laughs> <laughs> just say no. Mm-mm. Oh my god, that's funny. Um, uh, what was everyone's favorite like parts or scenes from this? I definitely loved the part. Like, I could see some of the stuff, like when um, Helen was being chased and she ran to the bathroom, and she she even says she didn't run to the hall and go out the front door. She ran to the bathroom. Like, why? <laughs> <laughs> Typical. Was he blocking the door? His couch was next to the door, wasn't it? Yeah, but she. It sounds like she could have gotten to it. She just didn't go that way. It didn't really say that she couldn't go that way. Well, she no, he said he like correct her. He was like, before you think about it, like I, you won't make it. Uh, well, yeah. maybe that. You yeah. I still think yeah, she could have tried. Yeah. She, she did. She didn't call his bluff on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta try. But the fact that she like, she jumps out the window. I was like, ah, oh, there's that scene when she's getting chased to the department store or whatever. And she mm-hmm. falls out onto the, you know. But, Which is a better chase scene, by the way. In, oh, totally. In the movie. Yeah, <laughs> totally is. Uh, I really liked the 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 scene of Barry getting shot, um, just because it was like one of like the few points in the book. I kind of went, oh whoa, you know, kind of like really like took me back a little bit. Like, oh wow, th- this book has guts. You know, there <laughs> there there are there are stakes in this, and I thought that was a yeah a, a pretty cool thing. Um, compared to the movie where Barry kind of just got ran over and then just fades to black. But yeah. Um, and it, and there's yeah. actually speculation of whether or not it was a mugger, if it was an accident by somebody yeah, yeah. or whether it was actually a setup and he was purposefully shot. And who actually called Barry to like get him out there. And why was he lying about it? If he was that could lying. Have been Megan. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah they didn't yeah. even mention that there was a, it was a female because they knew it. And you know, guys, not, is he going to talk like this? And you know, guys can't really, I mean, just you're a really good voice artist. And I doubt that this Mr. Colley was, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be out there, babe. Yeah. I'll be out there. What's wrong with you? I got a cold, you know? <laughs> I mean, come on. It's probably Megan who called. You don't, they don't say it, but it's probably who it was. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. She could definitely been an accomplice on this. I, I actually really like that theory. Yeah. That's great. What about you, Nate? Um, I liked um, 
So I know you guys mentioned it before with like the the parent chapter. I really like the viciousness of Barry's parents, like in how they perceived Helen, because Ooh. obviously we get like Helen's perspective where she thinks she views herself as a success, right? You know, she's living in the four seasons. She's got this great job and she's a future star. And even Barry knows it. Like she's got a lot of potential as a girlfriend, but it was just crazy to me because how hearing the parents talk about like, why is Barry associating himself like with this trash? Mm. Like just despite the success that Helen feels like she, <laughs> it felt like she will never be more than this one thing that she's defined as, I guess uh, in Barry's parents' eyes. I kind of uh, feel like that was more the mom like as the well. Boy. Like the dad seemed a little more open to her. Yeah. I mean, I, I felt it more as like, um, what's the word where you just kind of like allow behavior enabling. Yeah. I felt like he was just more so enabling it. Uh, even, even in his silence, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm. So, so it was that, and maybe it was me like thirsting for like some sort of character, de- character development of this book. And that's why like that scene stuck out to me in particular. Um, but it was that scene. And then anytime they would, there was a lot of discussion about um, looks like people's looks. Like I remember whenever I think Barry first met with like Helen and Julie, he was just like, damn, Julie, you look like shit. And, like she looks <laughs> she <laughs> you look like shit like, run over twice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She was just like disheveled and she just wasn't put together. And he was just commenting on, on like her makeup and her hair and stuff. And I was just like, damn dude, like <laughs> they're just really going in on these girls <laughs> and uh, for absolutely no reason. Literature, you know? especially mm. YA literature is really horrible to teenage girls. Like even like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not so much as much now it's still there, but you have a lot of like fat shaming. You have a mm. lot of like, you know, the brainy girl and the, and the popular girl type of stuff, you know, the tropes. And then you just, they're just not really nice or kind to girls at all. Even the mm-hmm. the ones who were female written, <laughs> like this one, yeah. Uh, the male gaze is everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> oh my yeah, gosh. it really was. Oh my god. Um, and then I liked Ray's dad. I thought he had a lot of potential to be like not a good person in this book, and but he was just like, I love my son. You yeah, I mean? the fact that he was like an ex football player, you think he's going to be like, yeah, you need to be playing sports, and he realizes his son's not good at it, but his son is yeah good at like teaching and helping the jocks out and ha- you know what I mean and. He has potential mm-hmm. being, a, a, you know, a success in his own way. And he actually supports it, which I really liked. I thought that was cool. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, all, all like the so, periphery I, just characters Something I good. wasn't expecting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they really were great. And you didn't even get them. Well, we might get. So apparently, like from the description of the series, it, we're supposed to like learn about the town's secrets, not just these four kids. So, oh, okay. so we might get more of these characters. And I hope we do. You know what I want to do now? I want to talk about the book covers. Let's go into yes. these book covers because I want to okay. talk about all these different ones. And I, I sent um, audience members. I sent uh, Nate and Brucker a bunch of these book covers, which you can look all these up and I'll try to post them as well. But um, there's about uh, eight that I sent. And, you know, they're all through from the 70s till now. And I mean, the one now is simply just like a house and some woods. And it says, I know what you did last summer. <laughs> That's all. That's it. You know. <laughs> And then, you know, of course, you have the, the movie poster cover, which still has the man with the hook, which is not in the book at all, which I think is kind of misleading. They could have at least taken him out. Um, right. Yeah. But... Which one do you think is your favorite of, of all of these? Um, honestly, I really like the I mean, like the 
the movie poster is like really cool just because like it's a good poster but it again it doesn't continuity doesn't make sense because the hook man is not in it so i actually i kind of really like what seems to be like the the most recent one like the 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 spooky house with the fog uh beyond the the woods um i don't know i really like that one spooky that was my least favorite (laughs) really i feel like it makes no sense at all like to this whole book i guess maybe it could be like uh collie's house collie megan's house possibly but to, at no point there was no emphasis on any house in this book i feel like that cover says to me like this is about like a haunted house like amityville horror type of thing and it's going to be centered like this is the setting whereas in the actual book like we're all over town we're at the four seasons we're at the school we're at you know the cliff everywhere all valid points uh <laughs> I, <laughs> but uh, my my reasoning is kind of like it, it looks like the POV of somebody stalking someone in the house, so that's why I liked it because of that. Okay, and it's just kind of vague, okay. and it kind of be you know. I mean, you're like, oh, what's this about? You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> big something foggy. Big thinker. We got a big thinker over here. I, I don't do know, like you had, you had better points, but <laughs> <laughs> I like there's there's one that I think actually really represents the characters at least, and it's kind of an animate not animated uh. A, illustrated one and it has the it looks like you see ray with the beard you have you know barry being the tall jock and they're standing by the car and then the two girls the only thing is one of them they're both look to be redheads instead of one of them being blonde and you know barry's not as blonde looking you know but the, for the most part i think it represents them the best um mm-hmm. it's it's an older one i think it's from the 70s probably as well and mm-hmm. uh of course we have the 80s hair one which is like a floating head with a car driving through it <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what's funny See, oh go ahead go ahead nate oh i was gonna say dustin i that that was also my favorite one because i felt like that was like an, exactly what you're talking about in, in a a good representation of the characters and like it includes the car which was also a character in and of itself mm-hmm. like it was some sort of like plot device uh for the movie mm-hmm. or for the book excuse me um <laughs> But sorry, Brooker, I, I cut you off. You go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I actually had a different cover for mine. Um, it's kind of like woods being illuminated by like the headlights of a car. Oh, yeah. Which, yeah. which I think that makes a lot of sense, too. I, I like that. That one could be. Yeah, it's it's still kind of vague, but at least it kind of gives you an idea of like, what are we looking at? And, you know, and there's, mm-hmm. yeah, the headlights, especially because it's, it's dark road. They don't know where they're going. You know, they don't they can't see where they're going and they're driving way too fast. <laughs> yeah. Around these corners. It's like you dumbass. Like pay attention uh but yeah there's another one that's like it looks to be maybe the first one or one of the very first ones and it's like the cover is really illustrated just kind of black and white and there's like a kid being who has been hit by a car but the car hasn't hit him yet it looks like because <laughs> it's behind him facing towards <laughs> yeah. him so it's like he's already in the road unless you know they knocked him and then they threw him forward and they just run over him again that's mm-hmm. the only thing i could think of but it, you know that one's kind of more representative you know of what actually happened last summer yeah yeah, see, I I I don't necessarily like this book cover. So let me let me just start this by saying I like to for this portion of it, I imagined myself like in a books a million, just kind of walking through, and I have no context for any type of book that I'm looking for in particular, but I'm just looking at the cover to see if that is something I might be interested in. And I felt like I know what you did last summer is a very like enticing thing. Like it's very eye grabbing. It's like, oh, that's a mystery. What could that be about? And then I see this little boy dead on his bike with the car. And I feel like that's already kind of just given away the mystery to me, mm-hmm. even though the book is about 
something there's more depth well, to it right in a way yeah i felt like that kind of ruins it for me and i'm kind of just like i don't really want to read a book about a kid being hit by a car you want a little really, mystery especially just, with that you know, title exactly that's actually like a really excellent point nate because that's also something that's different from the movie is that like because they there is like a mis- mystery of what happened last summer in the book because like that get that gets revealed later on so that itself was kind of like uh, that's a good point that 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 is kind of like a spoiler right there on the cover because because you don't know what happened last summer because uh, it doesn't start off like it's not a linear storytelling like it is in the movie so that's a really good point yeah exactly Okay, let's talk about the um, the casting choices for the show. Now, I don't really know them as well. You might know some of them. Um, they already cast the show, and they've actually already began. They shot it. I'm pretty sure they're done shooting it by this point because they started shooting it earlier this year, and then they took a little break and they came back. I'm sure they're either finishing it up or they're done by now. But um, so we have Madison Iceman from Jumanji: The Next Level. We got uh, Brienne Zhu from Light as a Feather, an actor named Ezekiel Goodman. Ashley Moore from Pop Star, Never Stop, Never Stopping. Um, <laughs> Sebastian Amoruso from Solve. Fiona Renee from Stumptown. Cassie Beck from Connecting. Brooke Bloom from Homecoming. And Bill Heck from I'm Your Woman. And they're all going to star in this series. Now, IMDb does not tell you who is playing which part at all. Um, I don't know why. You might as well just give us the character names. But, but it's going to be a modern take on the slasher film, like we said. And... The thing is, it was shot in Hawaii. Oh. So it's a completely different location oh. change again. So, so do you recognize any of these names? Have you no, seen I have any no of this idea stuff? Who these people are. <laughs> no, uh, I think I think it was uh, Bill Heck who said that he was a co-pilot in a plane in The Amazing Spider-Man. So I saw that movie. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? Uh. <laughs> You know he's heard that a million times in his life. Yeah. What I find interesting on IMDb is that uh, only one of these a- uh, actors is listed to be on all eight episodes. The rest of them only show up for like six episodes. So I'm like kind of curious, like what's what, what's going to happen? Um, like well, if they you know, just like, didn't update it at all because they didn't yeah, update maybe, the release. Yeah, date maybe they haven't it. updated it. But I want to like pretend that the first two episodes are just this one person stuck in a room. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's the character development of Julie James. <laughs> maybe there you go. Maybe that would be very interesting. And like you said before, Brooker um, James Wan directed the pilot. I don't know how much he's directing of it, but he directed the pilot. And for those of you who are unfamiliar, he's behind the Conjuring and Saw movies as well as Aquaman and. Furious 7, which is the seventh Fast and Furious movie. Does that make you a happy mm-hmm. camper, <laughs> Brucker? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it really does. Uh, James Wan is brilliant. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm really excited that he's attached to this. It was originally supposed to premiere in on, on July 2nd this year. Um, I'm not sure why that changed, if it was COVID or if it was because the Fear Street movies are going to start premiering starting on July 2nd and they didn't want the competition, which is very possible, I think. Mm. Um, since we know it's already been pretty much filmed at this point, I think we'll see it debut soon. But it just says, you know, hey, eight episodes long and, you know, July 2nd. So I don't know. They haven't given any updates whatsoever. I keep looking it up and I keep going for it, but I can't find any articles, any updates on it, which kind of mm-hmm. sucks. But what do you think? Um, I kind of want it to be, like we were saying earlier, to be more mystery-based mm-hmm. and kind of, like, scream the series. Yeah. Where yeah, someone might die off, but it's not all slasher all the time. 
yeah, that's that's what I'm hoping for. I find it really interesting that it says that uh, the the synopsis just that you know the fatal accident on their graduation night, but it says I know we did last summer. Graduations are normally like in April. And no, my my graduation wasn't until like mid to late May when I graduated. Really? High okay. Yeah. I don't know. I guess. I guess my schools hated us as one as get out of there, but yeah, I know <laughs> you guys were lucky. <laughs> the last semester doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They don't really count it on GPA just... as much. And you know, yeah. Some of these kids out in here in Texas got out in June. So dang, it's something to do with it. I know. I know. Which, dang. you know, well, I think it's funny how the timeline worked out because in the book, it starts off. It's pretty much, I guess, 4th of July. They don't really say it, but it's July. It's early July. So I'm thinking 4th of July festivities type of thing like they had in the movie. And then a Memorial Day, I think. And then later on, the the next summer, it's Memorial Day. Oh, because she's not even out of high school yet. Like she's not even done. And it goes, you know, she's still finishing up her senior year. She's the only one who's still in school. (laughs) And Julie. (laughs) And um, so then it goes to Memorial Day. So it's like it's almost a full year. It's not the full year, but in the movie, of course, it's a full year. It's a, you know, a, you know, anniversary of sorts of when it all happened. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I just hope that, you know, we get like, I really think that there's so much potential for the show because like everything that we said that we wanted a show will definitely give like with mystery and character development and everything. So I think, oh, I think that like out of like the slashers, like, like, like the early aughts, late nineties, like slasher craze that we got with like with the scream revival in the uh, subgenre. I think I know what you did last summer. It kind of like fits best in this type of uh, platform. Yeah, uh, I would think so. I felt like uh, a movie is just too rushed. There's not there's a lot to be said, and there's not a lot of uh, opportunity to flesh it out. So yeah. Would you, mm-hmm. Do you guys know why she really didn't like the movie? Yeah. Why? Well, see, she wrote all these books, and they're similar. There's Summer of Fear. There's all these other ones that are kind of you know mystery thrillers that she wrote back in the day and she's you know did it for a while but it turns out her daughter in 1989 was killed by somebody he was murdered she was murdered flat out and then after that she stopped writing these murder mystery teen things and she just focused on finding out who her daughter's killer was and apparently she spent a lot of money on pis and psychics and all these things just to find out what happened and she never found out who killed her daughter and it's still a mystery to this wow. day so when they turned this into a slasher where the kids were getting killed off one by one, that just, I guess it was very triggering for her. And it just really just upset the crap out of her, which it would me too. You, a, mm-hmm. you changed my book, you changed my story. And then you're, it's almost like you're mocking what happened in my life, you know? So it's, mm-hmm. and then I don't know it wasn't purposeful, but you know, and he probably didn't know anything about her when he wrote it, but when Kevin Williamson wrote it, but uh it just still feels like, oh, yeah. And the fact that they're kind of still doing the slasher angle for the series is kind of still at the same time. Like, you knew she hated this. Why did... I mean, it's all about the money. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys like this movie? I I, I mean, generally, yes. <laughs> I do. It's got, that, it's got a good, like, I don't want to say a good vibe to it as far as, like, a summertime movie. You know, it's it's got... it's it's a, You want to think about it in a way as a, a 4th of July Independence Day movie in a way. Um, mm-hmm. it's a holiday movie if you think about it <laughs> in a weird way, but, um, and the fact that it came out not long after scream and it was the same writer as, you know, mm-hmm. scream and, you know, so you still got that, that Kevin Williamson feel that the tension, the, the wit, of, you know, the banter between the characters and whatnot. And I like that, but it's not one of my top favorites, you know? Okay. Yeah. I like, it's, it's like really easy to watch. So, and it's like generally a good time, but I don't know this, 
I've, I've said this before on Twitter, this movie is like the Nicolas Cage of slashers. Like, I can't tell if it's like brilliant or just really stupid, but like, I still enjoy it. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know, like, uh, and something that's weird about both the plot in the book and the, the movie is that like, it's almost kind of impossible to empathize with our characters because like, they just straight up murdered someone and are trying and to get away with them. it. Yeah, the, it's, yeah, the book is even more egregious because it's a little kid. And the movie kind of like, it's like, all right, well, let's just make it a grown man, but he's actually isn't dead. Um, so, I don't know, it's, it's, it's really weird because, like, I don't know, as I was reading the book, I found out I was a kid. I was like, fuck, I hope these people get hooked. Like, <laughs> I, like I, I don't know, I wasn't, like, really empathizing with them. I was like, yeah, you, you need to get caught. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, this pack thing, I don't give a shit. Somebody died. <laughs> yeah. Packed crap. What is he going to do? What is Barry going to do to you? Seriously, mm-hmm. you, his ass will be arrested like fast you know and he's mm-hmm. not gonna be able to do a damn thing to you except you're like yeah. yeah he bullied us and you could get off because he bullied you into this pact you know and like i couldn't tell anybody for the longest time i was scared and you know that's you know under duress and whatnot so they would have gotten fu- they would have been fine it would have been barry who would have been the evil one in the entire time but yeah mm-hmm. so nate your first time watching this did, did you like it I thought this movie was just so forgettable. Um, and it was just, it was the weirdest thing. Cause I felt, I thought going into it, I don't know. This is like a part of like the nineties movie jam. You know what I'm saying? Like this is like 98. I, I talked to my sister about it. She was like 13 when this came out and her only takeaway from it as like the target audience was Freddie Prince Jr.'s hot. That's it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm watching it and I'm just like, dude, I, I don't think the Ryan Philippe casting was right. Um, maybe he was like someone big back in the nineties. I do. I have no idea who that guy is. He was big. Really? Um, you don't know Ryan Philippe? No, Philippe. Okay. Yeah. He was yeah, actually I, and cruel. I, I can't, even, I can't even say his name right. Yeah. See, there you go. He was married to Reese Witherspoon. Um, yeah. So yeah, he and he was uh, actually my favorite part of the movie. I don't know. Cause I just are felt you serious? he had, he was like the, I don't know, in my opinion, he was the best actor. Him and uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar were the best actors in that movie, in my opinion. Okay. Which is funny. If you've never I, seen I, Cruel Intentions, you should watch that, because that's them as, like, stepbrother and stepsister mm. pulling sexcapade, like, mind mind games on people all the time. It's Not with really each other. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, yeah, with okay. each other. Oh, do they? Oh, shit. Oh, oh yeah. But they're God. steps. They're steps. They're not, like, actually blood-related. <laughs> yeah. Still. All right, still. I don't know. Yeah. So I, I will say that Ryan Filippi, uh, Filippi, 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 okay. yeah. Um, I felt like he did a good job portraying the character that he was probably told to portray, but I do feel like Freddie Prince Jr. would have been a better fit for that role, mainly because he kind of has that look of kind of a douche in a way, but also he's charming enough to to make that character likable. Because Barry in the movie was just not likable at all. I hated the dude. Um, and not in the way that he was a good actor. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> He was a good actor I that felt... made you hate him. <laughs> <laughs> but I felt like Freddie Prince Jr. as Ray was just not believable at all. Yeah. Because the Ray in that movie was just so like quaint and quiet and like sweet and blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm like, stupid. you're just not that. He... Yeah, and stupid. You're just not that at all, man. Like, yeah. And then they tried to play this whole like, you're not like them. Like, you're not rich. And then they didn't really play into that other than being like, Poor people are killers. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not a good angle. That's not a good motivation. Um, I felt like motivations were off. Characters were unlikable. Super forgettable movie in the sense that the killer 
the only memorable thing about him was like the hook yeah and i felt like he would have been better to have like him like weaved into the beginning of some sort other than just being like oh it's just this guy we've never seen yeah and like oh i thought it was the guy that who was on the cliff at the beginning and it turns out he killed that guy and then after killing him they hit him with his car (laughs) Mm -hmm. so it's like a good old bait and switch (laughs) and it's still kind of hard to describe that to people like even that right there like what who he what you know it's confusing it's so confusing i i'm i'm of the on our episode levi said like like the thing that would have made me love this movie so much is it would have been so much better if like julie's guilt guilted her so much that she enacted revenge on the rest of the group and she was actually the killer i that would have been like an awesome movie some some kind of psychotic break again because this should be about guilt not necessarily revenge i don't know but yeah i would have um liked that more (laughs) oh yeah definitely and nate don't ever watch the sequel i don't know about the third one but don't watch the sequel (laughs) the sequel is phenomenal to get drunk to but uh the third one is horrible The third one is absolute trash. Takes place in a landlocked city, or state Colorado, about a fisherman, and there's no lakes or ocean or anything. Like I don't know. It's uh, yes, Denver, known for their fisheries. The <laughs> sequel, they, they they Julie and her college roommate win a trip to an island, an island resort, from a radio call, a radio you know station or whatever, and. <laughs> It's like, what? Okay, so that's, you know, so, oh crap, I did not mean to do that. Um, so yeah, they they go there, Jack Black's in it as some kind of white He's Rastafarian. Part. He's the best part of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> he is, but um, one, of the, one of the guys from the Gossip Girl series is in it. Uh, I think, is it Mackay Pfeiffer's in it as well? And Brandy yeah, yeah, is yeah, her Mackay. roommate, her college roommate. Like, they changed the girl who's playing the college roommate, and they changed her into Brandy. And... Mm-hmm. There's some just stupid kill scenes or attempted kill scenes in it. They're it's just so really bad. dumb. Like, there's yeah, one Freddy. part where Julie's like, I'm going to, you know, because it's raining at the resort. It's rainy season. Of course it is. So they have to stay inside most of the time. So she goes, I'm going to go to the tanning bed. And she goes and gets in the tanning bed. She's laying there listening to music with, the, you know, little gla- sunglasses on or whatever you call them. Tanning bed glasses. And then the guy, the, the killer, slips in and, like, puts a lock around, like, the handle to the tanning bed and locks her in there and and turns it up all the way like turns the dial up all the way so it's really bright she's like oh my god i'm getting hot i can't get out oh my god i can't get out oh my god she's freaking out like a slip out from either end (laughs) (laughs) because it's rounded you can slip out i don't know i'm watching this going slip out girl slip out i'm like and i'm i'm a person who's not a horror aficionado aficionado like I don't watch horror because it gives me anxiety, but this was just like, this is fucking stupid. (laughs) And then they run in there and they're trying to like break the handle to get her out. And I'm like, just unplug it. Unplug it. Yeah. Just (laughs) unplug it. (laughs) She'll be fine. Unplug it. Oh Oh my God. Stupid. Yeah. And that's, that's a pretty like egregious like scene too. Cause like they just like, they do like this stupid, like strip tease thing for her to get into the, tanning thing as well and it's just i don't know that that movie is just so weird but i will say and this is the third one the second this is the second i still know still know what you did last summer okay let's get into this fantasy casting with animated characters so all right i'm gonna explain to the audience what we're doing here in case you haven't listened to an adaptation episode before, um, what I like to do is get some animated characters, preferably from shows that have a good amount of cast of characters in them, and put them on the, the spinning wheel. 
and we just happen to fall upon a group of characters and we try to cast these fictional um, characters from the book in, with these animated characters that everybody knows and loves. Oh, it's going to be fun. Okay. I can't remember what we did on uh, adaptation of uh, the babysitter, Brucker. What did we use? It was Scooby-Doo. That's right. We had Scooby-Doo. Which was perfect. Which, I mean, that honestly makes a lot of sense for this because like half of Scooby-Doo's cast is in this movie. So. <laughs> it really is. Well, this is where Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Gellar met anywhere. <laughs> yeah. In the, in, the, yeah. in the movie. They met there. They Then they've been together since. So Yeah. Yeah. They're still married. Which is very rare. So, you know, kudos to them. <laughs> okay. Let's spin this wheel and see what we get. Round and round and round it goes. Where she stopped, nobody knows. Let's see who it is. It's the Jetsons. The Jetsons, okay. <laughs> okay, so I don't know if you guys are familiar with the characters from the Jetsons. It's mainly the family. Um, you have George, you have Jane, the parents. You have Elroy, the son. You have Judy, the daughter. Uh, I guess you can still put in Astro, the dog. And you can also do <laughs> Rosie, the robot. Um, even Mr. Sprocket, George's boss, is on, you know. So mm -hmm. let's go ahead and cast these characters. Let's first start with Julie James. Who would we cast as Julie James out of these characters from the Jetsons? Now, try to match their personality types because... I, I guess the mom? Because... I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I wasn't really too, I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't get too much of an impression of Julie from, from reading this, but I don't know. So I guess like the mom, I don't know. Cause I feel like the daughter would have to be Helen. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Judy Jetson is Easily. totally Helen Rivers. I keep wanting to say shivers just like the movie, but <laughs> what do you think, Nate? Um, yeah, I think Jane Jetson, cause she's definitely more of like, I mean, she's a mother, but Julie's more of like, a mother type character, I guess you would say. She's got kind of looking out for everybody. Of the yeah, of the group, totally. She's the one that has the head on her shoulders for the most part. Mm -hmm. So, what do you think about okay, Ray and Barry? Let's do Ray and Barry. Uh, Ray is definitely Elroy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Not not even just because of like height, stature, and all that. It's just like I don't know. He's kind of a Sweet. one note character, and that's what yeah. Elroy is. I guess. Mm -hmm. Or could, could could Ray maybe be Astro? Just kind of like this, I don't know, kind of like... The puppy dog. Yeah, the puppy dog thing. Yeah, he's just kind of like, just like, yeah, whatever. Okay, sure. Yeah, okay. Right, Robbie Rooley. Yeah, let's kill someone. Let's take it back. <laughs> it's always been you, Drain. <laughs> oh, my God. So, okay, I guess Barry is totally Mr. Sprocket. Oh, uh, yes, but uh, could we please, like discuss when if he was Rosie the robot because she has a lot of sass and attitude too about like I gotta clean oh. everyone's mess I gotta clean <laughs> you know what yeah you're you're right yeah yeah and just just totally is like oh, oh my god again you know just totally and kind of bitches about it at the same time <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like look at like I'm looking at the cast on my phone and like this is like the picture for her she looks very angry you know oh, she totally is <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm gonna vote for uh, Rosie to be uh, Barry. <laughs> I think that's a good pick. That's a really good pick. Oh, Rosie! <laughs> the only thing is, Barry doesn't clean up any of the damn messes <laughs> that Rosie does. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I mean, I mean, a I guess the, won't well, clean the, murder, the kitchen. The bear. A pact won't not gonna clean the kitchen. <laughs> Yo, they clean they clean this car and painted it. That's, that's a true. lot. That's true. They covered oh, up that shit. That's a, 
it's a good point. They banged it up, you know, they banged out all the dents and everything, and that's totally what Rosie would do. Oh yeah. Hmm. I wonder I guess I guess Mr. Sprocket then, if you think about it, would kinda have to be Collie slash Bud. You know what I mean? That's the only thing I can think of, unless you want to go with George, but George is too stupid. I think, you know, because he gets angry, you know, he's just kind of a, a you know, live wire type of character. So I think Mr. Sprocket, the boss, who's just mm-hmm. a, an ass. Um, Wait, Mr. Spacely? Is it Sprocket or Spacely? Oh, it's Spacely Sprocket. Saying, thank you so much. <laughs> I'm like, who is Sprocket? I'm like, it's Spacely Googling. Sprocket. <laughs> he owns that business. Sorry, I got it mixed up. I was talking about his business name and not his actual name. But yeah, Mr. Spacely, he's, you know, he's kind of nice when he needs to be because he's like, oh, George, I really want you to do. And then he goes, Jetson, he gets all mad when something goes wrong, but he's all sweet to him when, you know, things are going right. So that's mm-hmm. definitely how, you know, Bud slash Collie was, you know, especially at the end when Julie's like, yeah, my mom doesn't feel right about me going out. So I'm going to stay in. You can stay in with me. He's like, but we had a date. He's like, yeah, but I don't want to go out. But you can still hang out. We had a date to go to the movies. He's like, okay, we're not going to go to the movies. <laughs> it was like, dude, let it go. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, that's not good. I don't like change, Julie. Oh, you know. Um, just confess to your best friend. It had to happen tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Which is stupid, 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 stupid. Anyways, sorry. Um <laughs> So who would you think? I guess, I don't know. Um, who would George Jetson be then? Who could that character be? Out of every- Ray's dad. You think Barry's dad? Ray's dad. Oh, Ray's dad. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, because he's an understanding guy and he's just kind of, mm-hmm. yeah, I can totally see that. I kind of want to cast Julie's mom as well, but I don't know who she would be. I mean, she could also be Jane, you know, because they're how about, both. How about uh, or- Orbity? Uh, <laughs> this, this, this little purple and white monster. Oh, the little. Uh, oh, he's kind of like a little alien. That yeah, um, it looks it looks really cute and like yeah, but yeah, I appreciate that thing gets premonitions. Yeah. I think he's kind of a, a, a mix of that like that Martian character from the Flintstones and also kind of a gremlin. I think that's what he does. And he just kind of screws things up when he shows up. <laughs> well, she screws up the date plans for. That's um, true. For for Bud, so I don't know. Maybe maybe Orbity has some kind of you know intuition as well, mm-hmm. I, possibly. I don't know. I haven't seen. It's been so long since I've seen the Jetsons. Oh my Same. god! Yeah. So I, yeah, I love those picks. Those are great. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we did that. You know. Good job, team. Good job. Good job, guys. Good job. Good game. Bye. Good game. <laughs> Good game. Okay. Overall, how do you think it's going to translate into a new series? Exactly. Do you think it's going to be like Scream the series? Do you think it's going to be, do you think it's definitely going to pull from the book more? Or because I mean, like, even in the movie, they changed, they even added a character, which was Max was the Johnny Galecki character. He's not even in the book. And they added him in just to be killed off, really. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I think um, it, I think it will translate well as, as we've said. I think that they are definitely going to add a bunch of new characters, though. I think. I mean, I know we kind of looked at the IMDb list but we don't know who's doing what but i think just just the nature of like a whodunit sort of mystery they need to have a bunch of characters for red herrings so um and i think it'll be good i mean it'll probably be kind of angsty you know kind of like how the scream tv series was a little bit but i think it'll i think it'll be enjoyable and this is set in hawaii you said well at least it filmed in hawaii i'm sure it probably is going to be set there because the cat some of the cast members are um of asian descent so it seems like maybe it could be in hawaii as well so Mm-hmm. This will be the fourth, oh, I'm sorry, like the fifth 
like location that this franchise was like taking place in. <laughs> they're just going on vacation, man. Uh, I feel like, I mean, obviously they're going <laughs> to, instead of like football athletes, they're going to be like surfers or something. <laughs> oh, that's um, a good point. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like a good way for them to negate the whole like cell phone thing, just interfering, like everything can be solved with the use of a cell phone is that there's a lot of dead spots in Hawaii. Oh like whenever God. you're hiking and stuff. Oh yeah. They're totally uh, is too. So there's, I think there's going to be a lot of hiking involved and they're going to be like, I can't reach him because I don't have cell service on my Verizon cellular telephone. Oh that my God. Covers <laughs> product placement. 99% of the continental United States. Uh, That's so funny. I can't find GPS. Where are we? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Use your Garmin watch. Uh, I feel like <laughs> Garmin watch. <laughs> Tom, Tom, uh, where are we? I know, dude. There's going to be such. I'm excited for the product placement. I don't know why, but that shit just excites Man, me. Is it going to be set in our timeline? Is it going to be set back in maybe the yeah. 80s or the 90s? It could possibly. Is be. Wendy? Is Wendy's going to be involved again? Because they were involved in the book. Like, <laughs> yeah, one of the characters is now adopted, and you're like, just like Wendy was. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, I, no, I think I'm just gonna stay home and watch Netflix. <laughs> Guys, Yo, do you Amazon watch Netflix Prime. and chill? I'm go home and watch Amazon Prime because that's what the show is going to be aired on. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what the you guys want to Netflix. Don't say that word around me. <laughs> Who hiss? Or no, whenever someone's going to be like, oh, I'm going to go watch Netflix. Like, ew, you use Netflix? It's going to be like that. I just hope like, you die. Yeah. They're going to be like walking through trying to bury the body somewhere, and they're like, guys, this place is like the Amazon. You know, some crap, <laughs> some corny ass joke, just kind of name drop, you know, how oh, weird. I don't know. Yeah. What, I kind of want to see more that Jeffrey Bezos makes a cameo on the show. <laughs> him and that squinty. There's going to be, there's going to be mention of him like flying out into space with his brother. That's it. They'd be like, oh, look, we can see the rocket ship from here. Guys, like we're lost like Jeffrey Bezos in space. <laughs> oh it God. actually is. Look up, look at the picture of the rocket, by the way. <laughs> is it a big phallic symbol? Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> it's so typical. That affirmation you just give. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Once again, I'd like to thank Brucker and Nate for coming on the show to discuss I Know What You Did Last Summer. Can't wait for that show to start. And also I'd like to thank Raj and Robbie for their generosity in sponsoring the show this month. Again, please check out buymeacoffee.com slash Dustin Can Read to learn how you can become a sponsor and be mentioned on an episode as well. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to me on Twitter at Dustin underscore Holden or on Instagram at Dustin Can Read. You can also email me at DustinCanReadPod at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to be alerted of new episodes. Again, please consider giving a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser just to help us podcasters out. It's great to have feedback as well. It's also good karma for you. Wink, wink. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Dustin can read. I will say I did think about uh, the sequel while reading this book, though, because the whole reveal of this, the, like the boyfriend being bad. I was like, oh, that's like in the sequel where like the the being forced ro- romantic kind of like person in it. Mm-hmm. Did end that up is being true. Bad, they probably so. pulled that from the book and they're like hey yeah. you know we got this little thing we can use from the book i'm sure that's where they got and that from his name's like ben's son get it
Ben's son. That's like the whole thing in like the sequel because his name is like Benson or something. And he's Ben's Willis's son. And like his whole name is a play on words. And yeah, there's, there's a whole scene where like, oh do you goodness. get it, audience? Do you fucking get it? You pay $10 to see this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're going to make sure you get it. <laughs> you paid $10 to see this. Yeah. That's great.